When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Surf Stories, the podcast brought to you by Florida Surf Film Festival. My name is Kevin Miller, and John Brooks and I talked to Keith Malloy today. He is joining us from somewhere outside of Santa Barbara, California, and working on some new film projects I'm sure you'll be interested to hear about. His background with our festival goes back to 2017. He joined us with uh, Viewer's Choice Award, Fish People. Um, he also had shared with us The Midnight Hour starring Jack Johnson and Ryan Bingham back on March 7th, uh, right before everything fell apart uh, from a COVID standpoint. But uh, it was really great to catch up with Keith, um, obviously hardworking and uh, talented filmmaker who we look forward to showing much more of his work here for you and uh, the fans of the festival. So uh, take this minute to sit back and enjoy our chat with Keith. Someone must have set him up. Thank you for taking the time to talk to us about, um, you know, some of your better filmmaking stories, some of your best. And I know John and I were happy to have you out for the festival with Fish People. Dude, we had the weirdest surreal screening last march 7th um it was like that yeah a kind of a little impending doom over the whole thing as people were going up to the bar and you know trading drinks and just watching all of it go down and kind of knowing the shit was about to hit the fan your your work is on the screen everybody's over the moon it was the highlight of the night um you know seeing jack surf even three or four waves in this in the movie was great but just to take in the music with a crowd. I mean, it was kind of a, an immaculate night. Weather-wise, everything was perfect. I would have... I, I had so much fun when I came out um, to hang with you guys for Fish People at, at your festival. Um, I mean, haven't had a better time at any festival, that's for damn sure. And um, I would have loved to have been there in March. Um, we're super proud of of uh, the midnight hour with ryan bingham and jack johnson and margo price and terry allen um that's definitely for me one of my um i feel like a neat accomplishment um and so i i, I wish i was there so stoked you guys showed the film and um look forward to coming out the next time i have an opportunity it was a nice step away from a strict surf movie profile. And I was like into every, every, the second time I watch it, I'm watching Jack go at it from different, you know, and then Ryan, by the way, he was great on uh, the TV show. Yellowstone. Yeah. Yellowstone. Yellowstone yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I thought everybody, um, I just wanted to give you that feedback before we move on is to let you know that that March 7th was a real hit, like kind of, I'll, I'll never forget it. And, and, even though you couldn't be there, we'll get you back over here at some point. You're on yes. the jury. November, awesome. actually, December is looking good for the festival this year. We're probably going to do it like third Great. or fourth or something like that. So Great. I, yeah. I think I have a I have a uh, few different short films that might fit right in there. So, nice. so uh, chalk me in because um, I'd love to come out again for sure. Um, okay. And yeah, it was really fun working with Ryan Bingham Jack on that project. Um for one thing, Jack doesn't do a lot of stuff like that. You know, he, he stays pretty low pro and I think he felt comfortable um, working with me on that. And, um, you know, I thought it was kind of neat to, um, I don't know, Jack blows me away with, without like trying to kiss his ass. I've known him forever. He's a very nice guy. He's like, he's such a s smart, um, smart, nice guy that like, I still feel like, everybody doesn't know him in a way. So I, I thought it was a pretty neat opportunity to kind of dig into Jack's story a little bit. And then Ryan Bingham, um, we started working with him on this film series. And I've, 
I mean, we, I've only known him for a few years now, but I mean, we just hit it off and have become great friends instantly. So that was kind of a little dream project for me to kind of work uh, again with Jack and, you know, just a good excuse to hang with Jack and his family and our families get along real well. We both have daughters like the same age and we do a little trip here and there together. So, um, so yeah, that was, that was about as fun as it gets. And, um, and um, kind of fun doing something like, you know, reaching out into the music world a little um, was a fun adventure for me as well. So I could feel that coming off the screen, just like the way you cut it, um, the way you shot it. You know, you, you just it felt like this was something you'd always wanted to do. And for sure. It was. Yes. killer. It was so. Yes. It was so great. Yeah. And I love Ryan's style of music. And of course, um you know, in ways grew up with Jack's style music and learning songs from Jack, but like it was kind of, and, and they're very different. So like seeing them come together and talk about songwriting, because that's what they are. Like these guys are amazing songwriters. So they really had that in common. And then some of their growing up in different ways, they had some commonality as well. So, so, um, oh yeah, once again, kind of a dream project. I was thrilled to work on it and uh, yeah. And, had one some... of the things I go ahead, you. Sorry, I was gonna say one of the things that I, I noticed um, was just the um, there was definitely an intimacy there that probably wouldn't have been afforded another filmmaker, and I felt <laughs> like it really it really showed through that that you and Jack have known each other for a no long question. time, and um, yeah, yeah, that 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 to me that's what really set the film apart. Um, any you know. Anybody could have shot that documentary and you'd be like, oh, cool. Yeah, that's cool. You know, Jack and Ryan and everything. But that to me, that's what really um, kind of put it to that next level was just you felt yeah. like you were you felt like you were part of that. And I'm sure they, uh, yeah. you know, you're you're just one of the boys, you know, hanging out. You just happen to have a camera. And, and uh, so, yeah, that uh, yeah, that that just came across really well in the film. Nice. I feel like that's always a great thing. And you're doing uh doing a documentary or a piece on someone is like, is more, if they can feel comfortable, it just helps so much um, with everything. Um, and obviously in that situation, I didn't take too much effort on my side since, um, since I'd known Jack for a long time. And, and, um, and then, like I said, with Bingham, we just, we're like best buds now. Somehow we just feel like we have a lot in common and chit chat all the time and hang out. But um, cool. I'm glad you guys enjoyed that. I did too. That was a yeah, fun no one. problem. I mean, I, yeah. I obviously think it's worth now taking a step back and saying, okay, all right, how did you find yourself here in a directorial role? Well, now for several projects, but um, it's it's hard work. Don't get me wrong, but it's it's where you wanted to be. I feel like um, if you every surfer sees themselves, you know, professional surfer, especially sees themselves as you know not a one-trick pony but like that's the career for a while and then all of a sudden you've got to migrate to whatever it is real estate where are you going to land and so to yes. take us back to that moment where you're like oh my god what am I going to do and and yeah here, you know take us back there yeah that's a good question I mean um coming off being a pro surfer is no easy thing to do <laughs> like <laughs> you know like you have your schedule of the year of every surf contest you're going to do. And every surf contest is a party. And in between that, you're going like, Oh, I'm going to do an Indo trip, squeeze in a road trip and maybe go up to Iceland and check that place out. So like, so as, as that kind of starts winding down for you, um, it's definitely like, uh, it can be a train wreck actually, you know, um, um, luckily for me, my older brother, Chris, you know, years and years ago started digging into surf films and are uh making films um and and i think the easy transition for my brothers and i is is being in the films becoming great friends with a lot of the cinematographers and photographers on these um you know surf trips that we were actually in front of the camera um but i think we all we especially my older brother chris took notice at an early age of the whole what it takes to document and film um and kind of took note of all that and um and that's when chris you know was you know what happened to chris he was surfing pipeline blew his knee out and had mm. to have full reconstruction 
and realized he wasn't going to be surfing for six months. And that was the moment when he decided to start Sicker Than Water, which was like the first real deal kind of surf film that he made. Um, so so um, I just felt, you know, very lucky to like, uh, you know, be in the sport, love it, and then take note and then kind of follow my brother's footsteps, footsteps and um, try to connect the dots and be able to work on these creative projects and films and things like that, you know? Um, um, yeah, I feel like, feel lucky to be able to kind of um, hustle my way into making films now because it's something that's pretty yeah. special and enjoyable as well. <laughs> Oh, you know, yeah, but like, I think I think that's kind of a easy to get up and go to work. Um, yeah, like I said, it is hard work. There's no yes. question. There's, um, but yes. let's go. Let's go to the thicker than water now that you brought it up because sure, uh, a good common friend of ours, Richie Fitzgerald, who did a podcast a few episodes back, uh, yes. was your host in Bandoran and had some, uh, some exactly. I don't know. He's he seemed to he seemed to insinuate that you guys got into some trouble from time to time. I would put it more like Jim. I, I would put it more this way. Richie would do his very best to just get us as wasted as we could when we were there. I mean, like this is surfing. This is after like surfing for 10 days straight. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about getting wasted off drinking beer. But like, I remember distinctly him inviting me over for dinner. And then I get to his house and he's just got cases of beer and the, football soccer matches on and i'm like oh awesome i'll have a beer i'm like what's for dinner he's like beer that's it mate (laughs) and i was like okay and then like you know five hours later stumbling home from the bar in bandora and trying to find barely able to find my own way home and uh i think I, i have at least one in general big night we had there that was um just hilarious and uh there was a live band playing and i remember at one point just sticking my head into the speaker and just making an asshole out of myself it was it was amazing that's good stuff it, yeah yeah but i love richie we, we really so need to hook up with him in ireland in the early days and spend time with him and his family over there um you know i don't get to see him all the time anymore but just love the guy like a brother I know, right? Did you, did he convince you and Gerlach to paddle out at Bullock Moor? So it was actually Chris and Noah Johnson were the two, first two guys that ever surfed that wave. Oh. Um, and it was like six to eight feet and stormy and choppy, but oh. it was gnarly and big. Like, and then, so yeah, that's pretty cool. Chris and Noah Johnson filming a thicker than water were the first guys to um, try that wave out. And then, and then um, about five years later, Chris and I went back down there and, and ended up towing it for the first time um, um, for an Irish film. I think it's called a wave writers or something yeah. like that. Um, yeah. But Chris, yeah, Chris and I were the first ones to tow and that day wasn't big either. It was like 10 to 12, but we saw the potential. We were like, wishing we got lucky and got it on one of those monstrous swells um um but pretty special place and um cool that you remember that that was like a pretty neat little thing that um back in the day that uh when they first got out there i know i mean i remember when you like go ahead john i was gonna say when you were on that trip there was that uh were you there with gerlach at the same time you know on the thicker than water deal i was actually not on the ireland trip I wasn't oh, on that. Okay. When when we did thicker than water, I ended up doing the Australian leg, and I think other parts of that film. But it was Bobby Martinez and Gerlach, and I think Romana was there actually. From I Tahiti. think uh, Conan too, right? Conan maybe have been there, yeah. Probably. Yeah. I, I'm not positive. Yeah. So so I've been down to Ireland many times, but somehow. No, I'd been back when I was doing the tour or something. And I had a surf contest at the time or something. Um, gotcha. But didn't didn't make you know every trip. But that's kind of how Chris wanted it. He didn't want to like make a film about his brothers. He wanted it to be a legit surf movie. Sure, sure. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I think you could say a film about the three of you is legit by any yeah. regard. But but I, I totally yeah. understand that. 
Now, like right. what, when did Ireland first uh, pop up on you guys' radar? Okay, so uh, Chris was also the first one to go to Ireland. Um, and um, I want to say he and Richie, or uh, he and um, um, one of the Fitzgerald brothers went down there. Um, the, I'm sorry, there's um, Kai Fitzgerald and uh, from Australia. Uh-huh. Remember Kai Fitzgerald? Um, oh yeah, yeah, because they, they had the section from Litmus. Um, yeah, they were and Joel in, in Fitzgerald, Ireland. and that was Joel. Yeah. Yes. So Chris and Joel Fitzgerald went down there first, and I'll totally be honest, I don't remember all the details of that trip, but I do remember that's when Chris met Richie Fitzgerald, okay. um, and stayed down there for like a few weeks, and um, and then we kept kind of going back there every couple of years because you know it's such a special place and we loved it so much yeah yeah, yeah if, I, if i remember correctly i think richie is uh richie and joel and kai are cousins correct they're not there's no relation oh no way or no unless i'm wrong i don't I know mean, i always thought I they know. were cousins i kind of thought so too i this is like like you said there's like 15 beers deep and i may have said hey richie are you cousins with joel and he might have said something like you know drunk and yes i don't even know i know now, i think it might memory. have been a- my my whole point is uh you know you guys got up there and discovered the beauty of yeah what is or what was at the time you know kind of undiscovered there was kevin naughton and a few other guys yes. that have been up there and it's, there's been a yes. few articles on it but but clearly, yes. like Dana Brown and um, you guys were on the forefront of putting it on the map. I mean, now there's 150 people out of Pampa whenever you want to go try to. It's it is crazy yeah. how 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 crowded it has gotten. But um, and there had been there there's been quite a few people there before us. Um, uh, but it was still pretty, you know, a, a pretty mellow scene. You know, what's funny is like the English guys that moved to Ireland to surf it they become the hardcore locals, whereas the Irish are pretty <laughs> inviting and nice. Um, and, um, and yeah, but I, I feel lucky to get, go over there in the, the early days when it was, um, was a pretty, pretty mellow scene. Yeah. Nice. Are you, are you guys still going over there or when was the last time you were there? You know, it's been a while. Um, um, I went over, I haven't been there on a surf trip um in, in quite a long time um i don't remember exactly when i think yeah i went over there um a few years ago but it wasn't a surf trip it was something else going on and then in all honesty i need to reconnect with richie because i just i just i think we all we started families right and yeah, he has yeah, a family yeah. and he spent some time in australia and then and then i've just not been on the travel scene like i used to be but it's sure. in my top three places to go and and um i would love to do a trip back there but it, it's been it's been quite a while yeah, yeah i think uh, i think richie's actually back living in australia now that's what i thought yeah that's what i thought yeah so i mean briny right yeah, yeah, I think he's, yeah he's got yeah. a couple of cute kids i see him on facebook all the time i mean i haven't seen I bet. ages either i actually missed you by uh, one day in 2007 when you guys were shooting for wave riders down at Aileen's. Oh, um, oh crazy. Yeah. I was, I was we... waiting for him when he got back. Uh, yeah, but it sounds oh, like that's... you guys scored. Oh, no way. So had you met him before that and known him as well? Yeah, I think it was like Oh five Oh six or something. And, uh, mm-hmm. I had a chance to get over there with my, um, ex at the time. And, uh, just what a yeah. great guy. He'll, I mean, you could literally be any, nice guy from the i mean they're so welcoming everybody is over there every pub you walk into it's it's absolutely yes. a must do i have to, you know I, yes. I keep telling john and and a few other friends of mine i'm like let's just plan a trip to ireland if we score we score if we don't it doesn't matter we're having fun playing you know we're yes. golf or whatever it's just one of those places oh that's the thing like we would sit it a week in the rain and and you know and it would be the surf wouldn't be amazing, but you go in the pub and there's music and they, you know, that Irish bread and soup and the Guinness. And <laughs> like, honestly, there's no place I'd rather sit in a bar and have a beer than, than on the, you know, the West Ireland somewhere waiting for waves. <laughs> exactly. You can kind of feel it. I know you can't, I mean, I've got the DNA, you've got the DNA and 
Yes. You, you can't really, you know, there's no science behind it. But for some reason, when yeah. you get there, you're like, man, I'm home. I, you know, this totally. Is, this is exactly where I see the traditions yeah. around the dinner table. I see, yeah. I see it at the hotels and it's kind of cool being an American, you know, whatever hodgepodge we got going on here from an ethnicity standpoint, which is great. But yeah. when you go back there, you can see it in your, in, you know, especially in, yeah. and for me, Germany too, I can see some of that, but right. um, dude, no, my, yeah. my grandmother actually was four years old and took the boat over from Ireland. Um, wow. perfect. Okay. And she, she, she passed away when she was 99, which was about nine years ago or something like that. So okay. wow. I was like, she so, ate the proper amount of Irish butter. Yes, she did. <laughs> and we, you know, we have, um we've spoke with some distant relatives we have there and stuff and but it is funny we go over there and we're like we're irish and they're like no you're not you're american i'm like oh yeah i guess i am american <laughs> yeah so Completely. yeah all right well, yeah. take us out of take us out of that scene because i think what you did is pretty cool i mean you did get to do the brand ambassador thing for a while which is phenomenal but then that yes. did actually bring you into the craft of filmmaking you had been um a participant you had been, you know, I'm sure an astute observer. You had been yes. um, related to somebody who made the transition successfully. And now, yes. and now tell us about your first project where you're like, oh shit, now I got to do this myself. Yeah. The first one that I was like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to go for it and, and kind of head this project up was come hell or high water, the body surfing. I mean, I did, I did some little small stuff, but like legit, you know, 50 minute film was the body surf movie come hell or high water. And, and actually it's just, it's been almost 10, exactly 10 years since that came out. So that was 10 years ago. I think and, it won um, best, uh, best picture at New York surf film festival. Am I right? I, I probably, I mean, that thing, it was hilarious because when I made that film, it was about body surfing. I was like, if, if we like show this at a surf shop and 20 people show up, <laughs> and say we do say we do like six or eight surf shops and we get like a core crew of 20 or so people i'll be still like that's all the only expectations i had for it um um and, and it was crazy because because everything kind of came together and the film turned out decent and good and i was happy with it and then um it was like uh, we just lucked out on time because i felt like everybody was ready for a film that was fun and not hardcore surfing and, and kind of told the body surfing story. So we ended up like getting to not get do all these film festivals and um, won quite a few awards for this, that, or the other thing, but it was like a total surprise and um, a really fun experience. And um, I remember showing it in New York and that was, that was um, great. And, um, and yeah, we got on a little terror with that body surf film. I couldn't believe it. Um, well, I take it you concepted it uh, from the beginning, or did you have somebody say, "Let's do this"? I mean, or I think this was born of your, you know, love and appreciation yeah. of the ocean and, and a different form of, uh, you know, athleticism, sure. if you will. Yeah. I, so, so I started body surfing um, a lot when I was in the middle of my pro surfing career. When I was touring, doing all the contests, and try to hit the lip as many times as you can on one wave, and that was like just becoming so disenchanting i was like what this is just like i want to go out there and ride waves like i did when i was a kid for the pleasure of sliding along the wave and so that's when i got into body surfing um and and started doing it like i'd surf we were living on the north shore i'd surf quite a bit and then when i wanted to just take a break from that but still get in the water i would you know I really got into body surfing and when I was in Hawaii at that time, body surfing, I realized the level of body surfing in Hawaii was so good and amazing. And I was like, wow, you can really kind of get barreled and make it, you know, like I thought you would just pull into clothes out and, get, and just get smashed every time. And I see these guys making barrels and, you know, it's not like they're doing too much. They're sliding down the wave, but um, I was kind of intrigued on body surfing when I was there in Hawaii. And then, and then, you know, I became good friends with Mark Cunningham and we, you know, we always kind of talked about doing a body surf film. Um, and then I think Chris had a little section 
of Cunningham body surfing in one of his films. And then one day I was like, I'm just going to get this thing started and um, see if we can put this together. And, you know, for me, riding the wave so much, your body is above the, it's below the water. So I'm like, you know, that's a moment to really use the underwater footage and just get these amazing images. Um, at the same time, if you overdo that, it becomes very boring, you know? So it was yeah. like trying to mix it just right where we sprinkled everything in it so we could keep, keep people's attention, including drone footage and above water and underwater and interviews and, and then just try to dig into the real soul of the sport, which is a lot of guys that, um, you know, that are kind of unique characters and, um, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of been left in the closet for a long time and not respected so much. Um, so I did, I did, I made an effort to not like put Kelly Slater in it, in it because I wanted to show the real heroes of body surfing, which were the everyday guy that has a job and does this, that or the other, but loves body surfing, you know? So, um, so I felt that kind of worked out well to, you know, talk about these heroes that no one really knew about. Yeah, definitely. I think that's partly why the film was so successful is that um, kind of in a similar way to what Chris did uh, in 2000 with Thicker Than Water is it, it was a different movie. You know, everything was, you know, for for pretty much the whole 90s, everything was, everybody was trying to copy Taylor and his right. recipe and, and it was great right. and it was working. Yeah. But then here here was something that was different and you know, different Chris's, you know, had different music and it was kind of different guys. It wasn't the same guys that we see in all the movies. And, uh, you know, I felt like that's what you uh, accomplished with um, with your movie as well. Um, Hell or right. Water is that, you, you know, here's this different cast of characters who you only got to watch for a few minutes to understand these people devoted their life to the ocean. And so yes. that's intriguing. And uh, but it's just not the same faces that you're used to seeing. And it, it just wasn't so serious. It, right. Surfing gets so serious sometimes. I know. Yeah. But it's risky, too, because your ego's at stake. And I like the way you set your goals uh, at 20 people in a surf shop, because yeah. that's that's typical Irish right there. Um, <laughs> you know, that's a perfect friggin Irish person to be like, I oh, yeah, man, if I get 20, Irish, you know, if I get 20 dudes in a, in a pole, I'm fine. Yeah. And (laughs) that is such like, I I do that to myself all the time with the festival or whatever. Like if I get 30 people out to watch a movie and uh, you crushed it, you, I mean, it was dead center and it was 450 feet over, you know what I mean? So yeah, wonderful, wonderful job. But what about, I mean, you, so you took that risk, you succeeded and then you're like, oh, I guess I'm a filmmaker. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I mean like, you know, I was looking at my future. I was um, hoping that, that that could work out, you know, um, hell, I didn't go to college. I don't have too many options. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so, so I was like, yeah, you know, and, and you know what, I, I started to work on smaller projects as well and been involved in, um, developing little stories and little commercials and things like that. Um, so after I did that one, um, you know, that's, those, those ones are kind of, um, tough you know um you know it's not like i've done that many other films um i've done a lot of really things that i'm really proud for um more small commercials for companies you know um and then i went on and did fish people but can you, um, can you stop there for a second and tell sure there's filmmakers out there listening to this right now i think there's a few anyway for, yeah you know, aspiring folks anyway let's just assume they come and listen to this at some point <laughs> you're getting pitched by or uh, do you have an agent did you get somebody to manage your career at that point or you're like okay I, maybe i'll make a little bit of money off of this what am i who what commercials are you doing right so um at that point we had a line with patagonia mm-hmm. and and we we had helped kind of start the surf side of things there at patagonia and worked on surfboards and wetsuits and clothing and were ambassadors, but then also slid into like the filmmaking and creating content and creating stories for them. Um, so 
yes, I, so I didn't, I didn't have, I still don't have a manager <laughs> or anybody <laughs> like landing jobs for me that way. Um, these days I have my own company and, and we do that on our own, but, um, but yeah, so, so at that point, um, I was aligned with Patagonia and, and was just doing a lot of content for them. And, you know, that's back when my brother was making 180 South, mm-hmm. um, which, which I was there for a lot of that, you know, and then, um, we did a, we did another book called Ben de Baja, which, which mm-hmm. was never a film, but very similar type of project, um, where you put all your energy and thought into making a cohesive story that, you know, people will hopefully enjoy. Um, that that then, would have been a rad film, by the way. Right. Yeah, I know. And, and these days we would have documented it all, you know, um, yeah. with, a, with a, with a motion camera, but at the same time, it's kind of sweet when you do it that way too, you know, like. Sure. Um, sure. It wouldn't have been the same those. story if the, if you got somebody following you with a camera. Yeah. Exactly. We really did that whole trip in that one vehicle. And if we had the, a camera crew or something, then there'd have been a whole nother vehicle. It would have changed yeah. the dynamics of that. Um, um, but it's stories like those that we just continue to chip away at and, um, and kind of work on our own craft while hopefully creating a cool story for the people we're working for, you know? Um, um, and then, the, yeah. So, so that's, that's, that's how, um, I'm trying to think of sometimes I like blank on, on all the different projects, not that they're big projects, they're small. That's why I probably forget some of them, but, but that was a good opportunity to work on a lot of stuff and, um, kind of hone the craft a bit, you know? Yeah. Um, and then, um, and then really the next, let's see the next, I mean, there's kind of a long list of little ones, but, um, but then the, the one that I did years ago, fish people, um, for me, that was pretty cool. Kind of, I felt like taking it to the next level is more of a documentary than anything. Um, but no, it's a tricky thing is like a young filmmaker, you just got to hustle and, and hopefully find a niche and find some people you can work with and find, you know, a big part of it is finding the budget to actually do what you want to do, you know? And, um, um, and uh, it's hard to give advice. Like, like, not everybody's going to get lucky every time and fall into these situations. I know there's so many talented filmmakers out there and young aspiring filmmakers. And it's like, um, and if you, if you, if you grind it out, like I want to be optimistic because you can do it and, and a lot of people <laughs> do, but, but it's no easy task to find um, the funding, but that, I guess that brings back to like when I made the body surf film, like I put a bunch of my own money into that, you know, like at the time for me, it was quite a bit of money. Yeah. And I was like, and like quite a few films in the early days, I would have to start them on my own, ask favors of my buddies that I worked with, see if they could shoot um, for free. And then I will pay them back once I get the budget going. I mean, a lot of that stuff was going on. And like Come Hell or High Water is a perfect example of that because who, back then, like if you, if you think about the surf industry and someone going, yeah, we're going to give you hundred grand to make a body surf film. It's like, no way, no chance in hell. And so we had to shoot like a, a, a little per- a percentage of that film, like, you know, out of my own pocket and asking favors from buddies and then build a little trailer and then go out to people and um, shop it out. And it was a struggle. It wasn't, it wasn't like it didn't get handed to me. I ended up paying quite for quite a bit of it out of my own pocket pocket and in the end i was kind of able to recoup that yeah patagonia and nixon um both kind of chipped in and helped out with that one back in the day but yeah it's it's a tricky you gotta hustle it's it's it's, um you know and and then like you know after a while i feel like oh i'm in a pretty good place where i'm gonna ask people to do this and i bet they'll they'll be like yeah let's do this and then i approach some folks and they're like sorry we can't do it our, our budget spent for the year or this that or the other thing so i mean it's still a tricky tricky business you know yeah i'm, I'm glad you clarified that honestly because there's yeah a, there's a diy mentality that 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 project as much as it is a beautiful finished project is also an investment in your future as a filmmaker too because it's right a, it's a touch touchstone for 
hey look you know look what i can do and you know yes is like oh keith is hired and you know we're hiring keith so you know yes. and, that, and then you go to yeti and then eventually yeti who's I, I believe you're working with primarily these days right yes that's correct so that's 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 um one really cool thing is is yeti over the last three or four years they've been like amazing company kind of to support small filmmakers like documentary filmmakers um so so i've really enjoyed working for them as well and and um love the style of films they're looking for and feel like i've aligned with with um those guys really great and just super thankful um yeah because they they um yeah they're just looking for those really inspiring subjects and and gritty and you know out in the field type of things and um you know when people ask me like oh what do you want to do what's the next film you want to do do you want to make like a hollywood style film or a scripted film and i'm like i would have no idea how to do that like i feel like <laughs> definitely uh, documentary styles is is where i would feel comfortable and um anyways getting back to yeti they've been amazing because they've been a, supporting a lot of small documentary film makers and myself included um so but yeah going back to the early days like come hell or high water i was shooting the camera my wife was running sound and like we did a lot of those shoots with just us like ones that i look back on that i'm like oh my god i'm so glad we pulled that off like we're i'm because like these days i shoot a bit of the 16 mil camera but i hired the top guns to shoot the red cameras now you know like i i'm not i'm not shooting the camera but at the very beginning i was because i had to because that's all the only way i could get it done really um um, so that's kind of interesting as well, you know. I was actually, I was just going to ask you what sort of equipment you use uh, for yeah. most of your stuff. Yeah, so we do everything with RED cameras. Um, so here, at, I'm at Biomarian at our office right now, um, and we have a couple RED cameras, and, um, and we've been doing everything with the RED camera for quite a while now, yes. Nice. Um, yeah, that, that's pretty much the gold standard, yeah. Yes. And yeah. we just upgraded one of our cameras and honestly, I forget what it's called. Like I'm not the technical guy at all. My guys in the office here just crack up at me because when it comes to anything tech, I'm just, I'm just horrible. Um, um, but it's cool because, um, you know, if you have a vision and you're working with the right folks, you can do something pretty cool. And, um, and I, I just like the way I look at it, it's like, um, for me, it's like, let those guys that are masters at that do that. And the sound guy, like, you know, you want the best sound guy you can ever have catch those moments that, um, you know, those, uh, those moments when people, you know, may not even know that sounds running are some of the best moments ever. Oh so yeah, it's like, definitely. For me, I'm at this stage where I'm like, okay, I'm using the, the best talents I can with the camera and the sound and everything and editors and becomes like a team it really is like about teamwork and, and sometimes i'm just like putting together the right crew and the right pieces and the right subject and and make sure everybody gets along well and it's like a little orchestrating that is kind of sure. its job and its job in itself sometimes you know what i mean i think your um work from here on out is something that is on people's list to check out i mean and, and that's also intimidating too is to know that every time you produce something it's got to be to your quality you know top notch so what are you working <laughs> absolutely that's days? that's where the stress comes in that's where this job is um the places we get to go and the people we get to do stories on are amazing but then all of a sudden like you're working on with deadlines and you're also you want your work to be at a certain level you know and like it can't happen it doesn't happen like that time and um and believe me, I've lost some stuff over it. And there's been times where I'm like, okay, I got to break, you know? Like, I think when I was teaching fish people, um, we had a bit of a debacle with the edit. And, and like, sudden we were like, had to finish the film in three weeks. And, um, and like, yeah, those are the moments where you're like, you know, you just, you just, you just want it to be the best it can be. And you put so much time and thought and heart into it. And, um, so there is there is i would say that would be the one component um is is can be a, it can be very stressful at times and you want everyone to be happy and 
have it come out the way you dream it would come out. Um, but, um, but um, yeah, I guess that's not too bad of a downside if that's one of the main ones, but yeah, anytime you're like in charge of, in charge of the ship, you know, there's, there's, <laughs> some, there's some stress. Um, but I was, what were we, what else were you bringing up there? Um, um, well, directorial well, style, I got to say, you know, that you have the Michael Manns of the world who are assholes on set yeah. and they're going to tell right. everybody what to do to under Stanley Kubrick's got to film something until it's perfect. You've got right. all these different styles and you've got Clint Eastwood yes. who's like, yep, one take, boom, we're good. That's right. Cool. And so, yes. you know, how do you find your uh, comfort level within? I mean, obviously, documentary Robert Altman started off yeah. in document, yes. you know, so how do you find your style um, these days with, uh, let's just say, individual takes on uh, on an yes. interview, setting them up? Yeah, like that. So 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 it's like um, that's a great question. And for me, I my approach, like I mentioned a little bit earlier, was like. You just want the people to feel as comfortable as possible. And, um, and then, you know, like when I'm doing an interview with somebody, um, this might be kind of obvious, but like, I'll know that probably it depends who the subject is. You'll, you'll be totally surprised every time, but you might be talking to the subject with the red rolling, everything set up for half an hour, knowing you're not even going to get anywhere you want to be till half an hour. Maybe you're asking them personal questions about their life, just trying to get to know them and letting them burn off some steam and some nervousness, you know, that can go on for the first half an hour of an interview, you know, um, or more, or the opposite has happened to me as well, where you, you start talking to someone and they spit out their best lines in the first five minutes and you're like, we're done, you know, but like, it's, mm -hmm. it is about, it's about, um, working with that individual, trying to, trying to make them feel comfortable and feeling and, and trying to um, read them a little bit so they can give their best interview. You know what I mean? Um, and, and I actually feel like that's one of the things that um, as far as our team goes, I feel like I'm pretty strong at that. And I, and I enjoy that interaction with these folks and in getting down to the nitty gritty and um, talking story with them, you know? Um, um, so I enjoy that part of the process. And, and, and I mean, I've had interviews that I thought were going to be the best interview of the whole film and not make <laughs> it. And then, and then I love when it's the opposite, you're doing an interview there and then you see this kid standing over here and you're like, wait, let's get him over here for a second, you know, and you start chit chatting with this guy and you, and you get the mics rolling and then it's the best interview of the, the whole deal, you know? Um, so, so um, that, that can happen a lot. The other thing I was going to mention for the youngsters is um, the one thing that's nice for the young guys is like um, not everyone can shoot a red, but you can, you can get equipment now. A lot of it's semi affordable. You can, edit it on your own computers um back in the day i think when these directors they knew they were the only one that had the system that could do this and the cameras <laughs> were so expensive and they'd be like hey f you f you i'm the boss take it or leave it but man now it is it there's a lot of competition out there and for the young guys you can really put together a beautiful little film um with you know a normal laptop and a decent uh, a camera so they should know that like storytelling can be done with without the highest quality and the most expensive stuff and a lot of it's affordable and a lot of kids are doing it and it's changing the industry you know um, um if anything it's making it harder for us old guys um but it's <laughs> but it's it, it gives a lot of hope out there for the young guys because you can do it and um you can make your way i, I think it's there's more opportunity for the youngster, youngsters than ever I listened to Louis C.K. talk to Mark Marin on a podcast about maybe four years ago or something. And uh -huh. you know, obviously Louis on everybody's canceled list or whatever nowadays. But <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. Uh, the fact is he was telling Mark that he would edit the, the Louis TV show on uh -huh. a laptop that's like two years older than my five-year-old laptop now. And Got it. You know, with the camera crew of like, you know, so you're absolutely right. 
you do not i mean yes. literally iphone the iphone 12 pro is better quality than 90 percent of the cameras out there it's crazy you're, you're absolutely it, right so the tools yes, are there yes the two are there and um accessible for the youngsters and get after it do a story about your weird neighbor and you know like <laughs> find something you're inspired by and you think's you know intriguing and and see if you can build something out of that you know um i think i think i got a story about my weird partner in the surf film festival yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, 80 percent of it you couldn't use Tom, or <laughs> <laughs> Now, what, one of the things I wanted to circle back to, though, was um, like, it sounds like you're taking more of like a directorial role in some of the projects that you do now. And that isn't always the case in surf films because the budget is so low and because a lot of times it's it's literally one person that has the idea yes. that runs the camera and maybe they can bum their buddy to do the sound. Um, yes. But I, I think that's a that's an important recognition on your part to realize like, yeah. Hey, may, maybe I'm not the best camera guy. So let's get a better camera guy. Let's get a great sound guy. Let's get somebody else to do this. I've got the big picture. And, and that's, that's something that, that, uh, hasn't, hasn't always been there in surf film. For sure. For sure. And, um, right. and it's still hard to find those budgets and in the surf film, like the hardcore surf films, like, yeah. um, um, and, and at the same time, there's guys that kind of specialize in those surf films and, 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 and being a one man band. And like, I just totally respect that, you know, and, and those are the dudes that sit out there on the reef at G land in 90 degree beating sun. And those guys are freaking hardcore. And, um, and um, I salute those dudes. And uh, it's a cool niche though, because they're, they're traveling around the world, you know, to all these beautiful spots and, and experiencing that. Um, I think that since I got to do that as a pro it's a little harder for me to days, especially because I have three kids and my wife sure. at home. So, um, you know, so some, it's, it's, um, I, I mean, I still like, we just spent the whole month of December on the North shore shooting, surfing and, um, and stuff like that. But, but for those hardcore surf film guys, asked and they got their niche and and they go out there and sometimes they're a one-man band and they get it done and it's like inspires us all yep. nice nice well i'm i'm we sure that guys. i'm sure there's going to be some young up-and-coming filmmakers inspired by the work that you're doing um who who were some of your uh inspirations in filmmaking i know like in your career as a pro surfer you worked with a lot of the top guys um you know, so, but who, who were some of the guys that you uh, kind of look to and, and look to for inspiration yeah. from a filmmaking yeah. standpoint? That's a good question. Um, so, you know, yes, like you said earlier, like the whole Taylor Still movement was going on and surfing mm -hmm. right when, I mean, me and my brothers were just right in the middle of it. And, um, and like, that was a really crazy cool niche that Taylor created. Um, and, and so always you know, I've been around him all those early years in surfing and, and, and really always really wanted to get a great part in his film. And, and that was like cutting edge um, surf film. So that was, that was a special thing to be around that whole era. And then, um, you know, um, after that, let's see, um, you know, Jack McCoy always made amazing films uh for billabong back in the day i mean just soaked every one of those up and i met jack mccoy down the road and i was in some of his films as well and he's quite a character uh just put it that way <laughs> <laughs> and, and, but 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 amazing inspiring films um um you know god i really just like zone in and I think even so, so in all honesty, if you think about most of the stuff I've worked on, they're not hardcore surf films. Like the body surf film is kind of a hardcore surf film, but it's body surfing. So, it, so it separated it from that a little bit, but, um, but I almost feel like uh, my strength is almost a little more documentary style than just surf film, you know? Um, yeah. um, and so, I mean, I just, loved and ate up all those old surf movies back in the day and Albie Falzon and all those guys. 
I mean, that was cool stuff because that was like 16 mil, almost yeah. a little more doc- documentary style in ways. I guess it kind of, kind of, kind of was, kind of wasn't. But, um, but um, I've just like um, picked up little pieces along the way with with all the great surf films I've seen and respect all those guys. But I can't say that I like really honed in on on yeah. one, except for like my brother Chris. Like, obviously, I for followed sure. his foot. I mean, he's the one that influenced me the most by far and probably took that line of doing more of a doc- documentary style film than anything else. Gotcha. Um, Before we break uh, for the day, give us, do you have anything in the back of your uh, head, like narrative wise, like crazy filming stories or I don't know, you almost died surfing Madeira or something like that. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like one of those great yes. stories. Give, I think I prepared you for this in a weird way. I was like, hey, if you have any good, really good story. But anyway, yeah. do you have anything you'd like to share today? And if you don't, no big deal. And the crazy story I've ever kind of have is um, actually with Healy um, and a mine Goodwin. And we were, it, it, we were, we went to the Spice Islands, which is like Eastern Indonesia. And we sailed through there. And um, Ted Grambo was shooting photos, but it's not like, it's not a full surf film story, but it's a surf adventure story. Doesn't matter. Um, um, so anyways, which is also interesting because the last, I, I, the last couple films I've been working on are with Mark Healy. So it's pretty cool. So we still got an awesome friendship going, but um, back in the day, we used to do a lot of trips with Ted Grambo, Australian surf photographer, amazing photographer, spent a ton of time with him in Australia and Europe. And um, at one point he talked myself and Mark Healy and Hans Hagen and Amayan Goodwin to go to Eastern Indonesia and sail basically from just below the Philippines to Papua New Guinea, which is like, wow. Out in the middle of nowhere, like right away. We went to go get on the sailboat. We flew into these weird little airports in Eastern Indonesia and we finally made our way um, through this little city and get on the boat and meet the captain. The captain was an Australian guy, but the uh, the cook on the ship was an Indonesian guy. And and um, right before we untied off the dock and left, he was too afraid to go. And he, <laughs> he said, I don't want a dead. I don't want a dead. And he, he, he ran down the dock and just we never saw him again so <laughs> this is the boat right, captain this no this is the cook on the ship okay, the cook, all right. this this was the indonesian guy equally the important as the captain <laughs> oh, God, yeah. so, pretty damn important so we're like oh like you know we're just all young surfers we, we knew it was like kind of a crazy area to go but we didn't realize how crazy it was and, and so that was like one of the first things that happened on the trip and then um and then you know fast forward to a week of sailing um we ended up getting some amazing waves um at one time at one point broke down and left us healy and myself in the mine and we were like five miles away from the boat and like we basically were surfing and they surfed till dark and the boat never came back for us and we we're in like <laughs> this desolate desolate island chain no one in sight and um the boat was around the island five miles and so we just had to start paddling in the dark Oh. um and like and basically we got we, we we paddled like five miles in the dark got back to the um and like uh it was really strange because there's pirates out there like one place one of those places in the world where like dudes will pull up on a boat and shoot your boat. um it's really unstable wow. over there and unpoliced so and we get back to the boat there's a boat circling our boat as we're like paddling in the dark and like we, see, we had to paddle for like three miles in the dark just to get around the island to even see our boat um ends up these it was like you know engine trouble these guys these indo guys were trying to help our crew or whatever and that was all fine but like a day later we we pull up to this other village and we're going to um we were trading uh whatever we had on the boat like cookies and magazines for like fruit and vegetables you know, because it was yeah. like a, we were on like a decent sized sailboat, um, but nothing big. And so we'd like get fresh fruit and vegetables. What, well, what instead of them bringing, like, what happened to money? 
Like, I know. No, yeah, they just. Great. <laughs> they. I mean, so honestly, I remember distinctly them seeing Mark Healy as like a kind of a freckled head kid. They were like scared shitless of him because they never <laughs> like they had hardly seen anybody that was that you know were white and then like healy was like the next level of you know of, <laughs> and i mean they were freaking out on just seeing white folks out there but then the one day we went in to get vegetables and instead of coming out with fruits and vegetables they came out with machine guns and like oh, and actually they, they were actually as they were coming out on their motorized canoe they were shooting and we thought what? they were shooting. At, yeah, they, we thought they were shooting at us. They were like, they, they were like shooting in the air, zooming out to us. Oh shit! And we were like, this is where we all die. I was like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, hanging off the other side of the boat, thinking they were like shooting at the boat. And um, they got out to the boat and started going through all our crap, and it was very intense. One of the dudes had a, a shirt on, and they they were they were kind of in like um military fatigue you know all these guys uh-huh. but then i see this this one guy has a sh- shirt on and it says rambo and it has a picture of rambo on the front of the shirt. <laughs> so he was like clearly not like military he was sure this pack of like gorilla thugs and you know we ended up giving him a bunch of stuff and and, and um just actually they cooled down we, we just gave him whatever we could to have him keep him happy and probably some money and some, you know, beers and cigarettes and all sorts of shit. And we got him off our boat eventually. Um, and, um, you know, so that was, that was probably one of the more intense moments ever, um, on a, on a surf exploration, you know, why we were out there documenting stuff. And, yeah. and I mean, on the same, on the same trip, we got hammered by a huge swell and the wave went over the boat. And I was sleeping in the top bunk and this hatch blew open and like, I'm laying there trying to sleep. I got like 50 gallons of water on my head. And oh, geez. Captain, the boat got sick and we thought he was going to die. and He survived it somehow. And then, um, <laughs> I mean, honestly, honestly, the whole, that whole uh, trip was like endless adventure and, um, you know, pretty cool now at this age to look back on that stuff and, and remember um, those times and like, um man back in the day we were pretty fearless and and naive at the same time and and we had a whole of a time you know um so thankful for all that but you know leading back to going back to healy um what's really cool is we're still great buddies and um we just finished um a two-part series on healy uh for actually a brand called sitka they're a hunting brand Mm, yeah they make hunting outerwear and clothing um but we got, we have all that footage of Healy on that well from this last winter at nice. Himalayas. Oh, cool. Yeah, some of like the the biggest meanest surf ever. And then we also have footage of Healy shooting a fish in Tahiti that was like three pounds off a world record. And yeah. uh, man, he's just become such a badass and such such a fun guy to work with and articulate dude. Um, so that was one of the. The, the recent ones that was re- that was really fun um and then and then aside from that we just like i said the yeti stuff has been amazing as well and we're just working on a piece with emily erickson um who's the big wave surfer and then mm-hmm. when i was on when i was on the north shore dad roger erickson wow. was like the biggest ba- badass legend kind of gnarly yeah. legend of all time so I'm I'm completely thrilled about that project with Emily Erickson and Roger Erickson. I would love to um, actually have that be in your film festival someday when you guys when we can do it again. Yeah, that'd be great. Well, for the record, if Mark Healy shows up for by the way, we're trying to get Mark here for the Bragg Big Wave Got Assessment it. Group class. That okay. John, John's working with them on that, and uh, okay. more to come on that for every everybody's listening. But yeah. the um, yeah, if Mark shows up, we'll we'll make sure to get an AK forty seven and fire off a few rounds in the air just to give him a little welcome, <laughs> just for the good old days with old Ted yeah. Rambo and Eastern Indo. <laughs> yeah, I'll get a Rambo. I'll get a Rambo shirt and just come yeah. running at him. <laughs> yeah, that's classic. When that's are you great. guys doing the big wave brag thing? Or is that coming up or 
Yeah, we actually, we were planning on doing it last November at the festival. And then of course that, that all had to get canceled. Um, yes. and, but I went out, um, Kevin and I went out not this previous December, but the December before that. And I actually went through the course and I've been talking with Zach Diano that runs it. And yeah, um, I went out there to meet uh, Brian Kalana and Pat Chong Tan yeah. and those guys. And uh, so, yeah, we're, we're actually, we're talking about um, how we can bring a series of those courses to the Eastern seaboard and Puerto Rico auto uh, auto Flores did one in Puerto Rico the year nice. before the pandemic. And then, uh, and then we're also talking with Will Scudin up in New York and then uh, yeah. our buddy, Chad uh, Davis, that does the Carolina Surf Film Festival there in um, North, North and South Carolina. So that was kind of the idea was we were trying awesome. to, I was trying to coordinate with Zach to see if we could, you know, do like maybe four weeks in a row where we did like a, a weekend in New York, a weekend in North Carolina, a weekend at that coincided with the film festival and do the course here in Florida and then uh, yes. hop over to um, Puerto Rico and do one with Otto. So we're yes. still, still in the works on that. It definitely got, you know, it got set back with, um, with yes. the pandemic. Um, yes. They actually just, for everybody listening, uh, Bragg just launched their online series. Um, so you can go to Instagram at brag b-w-r-a-g and check out their online course as well but yeah we we still are planning to bring that to uh, the festival in december be the first weekend of december yeah i mean all awesome. online but like having mark Ely and greg long there yes. showing you and talking to you in front of you that's where the that's where you get your bang for your buck i think that would be great if we could pull that off that'd be amazing if you guys can get that down with the festival in December. I will be there. That sounds Thank awesome. You. Nice, um, nice for sure. Oh, one more thing. So um, I am working on a new surf film. So it's been ten years, you know, because um, because Come Hell or High Water was a strictly body surf film, and I then Fish this. People. Yeah, you told me about this. Yeah, Fish People was more of a documentary about being in the ocean. But we want to do another hardcore body surf film. And we're working on that now. We have a treatment and we're looking people looking for people that are interested in backing it. So I, I do want to throw that out there because um, I really want to make the film. It's got put on hold a little because of COVID and not being able to travel. Um, but um, yeah, I'd love just to throw great, that yeah. out there. We're looking for backing to do a new body surf. It's going to be a rager because when we get that thing done, um, I'm thinking um, we're going to be able to have again and i'll be together and like um to watch another body surf film with a big group of people you know nice. say in a year in a year from now it could be pretty amazing just count nice, brooks, nice. brooks and i in for two millipedes let's do yeah. it yeah. <laughs> i was thinking five but that's okay okay yeah fair enough i get you all right well look man this has been a real pleasure every time i see an email or a text from you it's like all right man i mean you got such a good Oh man, I don't want to say the word vibe, but I guess it, I mean, you do, you have a great vibe. You give off positive, you know, uh, to every, your, your movies, your, your work comes off, you know, off the screen with that sort of, you know, I'm here to bring joy to your life kind of thing. And, and it seems like it's contagious. All the fans that see your work feel that way. John and I do. I mean, I, I can't wait to have you back and I wish you the best of luck through the uh rest of this year and we'll see you at the end of it hopefully awesome kevin and john love you guys wait to hang with you at the next festival and thank you for uh feeling like i had something important to say and asking me questions <laughs> oh, of course thank th thank you for being a part of it keith and uh yeah thanks right on. for coming out to the festival and yeah we'll look forward to having you at the next one perfect talk to you guys soon. all right every lot on this side of the town All right, there you have it. Keith Malloy in the house for Florida Surf Film Festival's 13th episode of Surf Stories. Our festival is sponsored by Monster Energy along with Rourke Revival uh, Apparel and Globe Footwear. Let's see, Yeti, of course. Thank you for their support uh, to Keith and us. 
and uh, Advent Health. We want to say thank you to Atlantic Center for the Arts, uh, among many others. So thank you for your support and listening to what we try to put out there during these somewhat dark times. And, you know, we might just have a film festival up for you. I don't know, let's say August. June would be a little bit of a reach, but you never know. We'll play it as it goes, and in the meantime, you guys get wet and uh, have some fun. I will talk to you on the other side. All the great set-up parts. 